TTB Music Podcast So we'll pretend that just, that didn't happen. Yeah, it's cool. <coughs> what didn't happen? The hey, cry. The thing. The thing that didn't happen. The thing it's that didn't happen didn't happen. So, podcast. We are back. Uh, second time in May. We've got PJ Harvey, Mary Jabin Carpenter, Santana, Misty Miller, Drake, and Foy Vance albums to review this particular podcast and we are going to start off with uh, Polly Harvey and her I've already lost what number it is did I say 13th 12th 9th 9th that configuration uh, 9th studio <laughs> album uh, the Hope 6 demolition project uh, which um, particularly if you're in London you'd have got invites to go and see re- recorded to when it was Recorded too. Recorded when it was uh, being done uh, early last year, um, because it was kind of like acting as a kind of public art installation at Somerset House, and uh, called recording in progress, so people could sit behind a piece of glass for forty-five minute sessions, watching Polly and Co do their thing. Right. Um, album is inspired by a couple of trips that she made to Kosovo, um, Washington DC, and Afghanistan. Right. Uh, so expect some nice cheery stuff. Indeed. So, Pete, is it cheery? Um, PJ Harvey, Polly Harvey, um, was always one of those artists that um, one felt, one was told <laughs> you should like. Uh, particularly, you know, back in the day, if you're reading particular magazine or newspapers uh, focusing on music, um, she was always up there as, as uh, well. If you if you really like music, if you're really cool, um, you will like this. And I have to say, uh, maybe it's because of that. I've always kind of had a resistance towards PJ Harvey records. I do. Ha- I do have similar artists where I do feel the same. Yes, she yeah. told she told so often that you should like them. A bit like a bit like films and stuff as well, and, the, yeah. and books. If you have enough people banging on, you you kind of reach that point where you go past the kind of interest in it to the almost actively avoiding yeah you sort of become blind to 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 that person or that that product when when something is released um so with with some apprehension and actually in resulting in much surprise i really enjoyed this record really enjoyed this record um it's uh, for me was um you know there was a real sense uh, throughout this album of the journey that that um they've been on yeah and um a real sort of just a great combination of different um musical songwriting styles uh but actually very accessible at the same time it went it moved from tracks that were very accessible almost like pop or indie pop mm. uh, right through to stuff that's perhaps a bit more uh, folky or sing a song sing it sing along in its nature i mean thinking in particular of um, near the memorials yeah, uh, somewhere in the middle, um, and then at the same time, you know, uh, you've got tracks, tracks like a couple of open tracks, which uh, sort of really bring you into the album. You know, almost a kind of mainstream, you know. So 
Mm. I have to say, I, I know, I think we reviewed one of her albums before, I can't be too sure. Um, but actually, I really, really enjoyed this record a lot. Yeah, I think we, I think we reviewed um, what, what, we want to put white chalk on it. I can't one remember, of her which I can't songs. remember what the yeah. title of the album is. But the, the one that <laughs> it won the Mercury Prize, didn't it? I yes, think for the second one. time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is an album. I was got lots of piano tinkling and all that kind of stuff on it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of in agreement with you. I think I think this is a really good, really good record. Um, it appeals to me musically as much as, as much as it does lyrically. I think the lyrics can be a bit hit and miss, a mm -hmm. um, bit kind of uh, um, ham-fisted at times lyrically, but musically I love the kind of mix of folk and rock and indie and pop um, and also kind of almost um, union type songs, as you say, with um, near the memorials. Um, Divian Lincoln has a kind of chorus that's almost red flag kind mm. of stuff like that. Give peace a chance. That's what yeah, I'm and sure. you yeah. know, and it has that kind of Damon Albarn throwing every instrument in the world into it kind of thing. So there's flute, yeah. sax, violin, accordion, mellotron, various other things, and also kind of Bowie-esque um, feel, particularly to some, some of the um, sax. Yeah. I kind of felt, um, but the overriding thing for me was actually how. British English, it sounded. Mm. Even though there are, particularly on near the memorials and River and Acosta before it, particularly very American themes and, and some American sounds to the, the thing, River and Acosta particularly, um, starts with the humming of an old spiritual song and that continues to be weaved through the track itself. But despite that, the overall feel is still very English and British. It's funny you mentioned Damon Albarn because he does that ex exactly uh, so well. Well, uh, he does it to varying degrees. It's either throw, yeah. it, throw the kitchen sink or actually pull it off beautifully. Uh, I would I would err that this album is, is more of the latter. Um, and I mean, what one of the tracks I didn't mention was uh, the closing couple of tracks, in particular Dollar Dollar, mm. um, where she she just describes the impact. Someone just knocking on her window, the car as it went past, sort of asking for a dollar. That has on has on the songwriter, and uh, something so trivial and yet actually crafts quite a beautiful ode to to said child within there. It's it's done in such a it, yeah it's done in that ever so observational English kind of way. But it's yeah, also quite it's also quite personal. And that's, yeah. that's one of the songs when you actually feel that the character in the song is definitely definitely her definitely rather her. than just a general yeah. um, description of events. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree, I agree with that. I think I think the album starts and ends particularly strong. It's all, I mean, the whole thing's very good, but I think the start is very strong. The Ministry of Defence, I like the but 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 kind of riff in it, which is really really good. Um, and you mentioned kind of dollar dollar and Community of Hope, which is I mean, Hope Six Demolition Project title kind of thing. Uh, ironically, the people that run that in the very ward that the Community of Hope's about. We're not fans of PJ Harvey oh, really? because <laughs> her version of the song paints it's quite a grim, horrible place, and um, at least one person there described her uh, her music as uh, PJ Harvey is to music what Piers Morgan is to cable news. Oof. That's harsh. Just take that, PJ. Uh -huh. I'm getting over that one. However, I'm sure her album sales will manage to that's, right that's important. And quite rightly so in this, in this case. I, I really enjoyed the record. Yeah, and also you should have a right to say, well, yeah, 
particularly com- comic with America, the uh, country country of free speech. You're well quiet. You know, you're thinking, well, if you can't say it there, where can you say it? Um, speaking of America, we move on to an American, and we move on to uh, the 14th studio album from Mary Shaken Carpenter, Things That We Are Made Of. Um, we reviewed her last album, or, uh, or last proper album, as I call it. I think the last album was actually a kind of orchestral thing of greatest hits kind of thing, which artists occasionally to her reimagining of stuff which to the most part to me seems a bit kind of pointless apart from <laughs> generating a few sales and doing a tour um, but you know um, that aside I've, uh, I have been a, a fan of Shaven uh, Carpenter for a, a long long time uh, primarily because I think she is one of um, the best songwriters that America's produced in any genre of uh, the last 20-30 years um, mainly because I think she writes very simple um, songs. Uh, I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean just the complexity is is in the insight and feeling and emotion that's put into the song rather than anything else. And also she has a voice for me which just, A, suits her style of music, and also has that kind of nice soothing quality and it's kind of a, a warmth and honesty to it that actually makes me believe what she's saying, which is uh, always quite important. Uh, like the last album, this is a very stripped-back kind of thing, uh, certainly more leading towards the folk side of her output rather than the countryside of her output. Um, and it's an album about, I suppose, assess- about kind of assessing where you are in life, um, mixture of kind of looking back at what you've learnt in life and also projecting forward to what you should do um, and the highlights for me are the songs that actually just work both musically and, and lyrically so Middle Ages which is the second track on the album is one of the songs that is as it says on the does what it says on the tin as they say. <laughs> it, it, is about, it, is about, it is about being middle aged it's about looking at where you are in life, who you are, how you got there, whether you realised how you got there, um, whether you realised that things have actually changed, whether you actually realised you are, you, you know, that classic thing of you reach a certain age and you, you, in your head you're still kind of like 17. Mm. Um, True. So it's looking back, understanding how you got there and where you are now kind of thing and trying to realise where you are now. Um, also, a song that meant a lot to me is Over Rosetta, which is reminded me a lot of um, the whole stage track we can get together in the fact that it's another song about turning to music and musical artists when you're thinking the world's shit or things are going bad in your life as opposed to turning to religion or a god of your choice Um, and that whole kind of thing of thinking you know no if I'm feeling down there's this piece of music or there's this particular artist's music if I connect with that then suddenly I can see the world better and get back on an even keel kind of thing so I quite like that kind of feeling and also this is just an occasional just nice bits of storytelling so towards the end of the album there's a, a song called um, Note on a Windshield which is literally about you know pulling up in a car park catching a glimpse of somebody you think you may have known at some point Thinking, oh, I'm gonna get a pen, and paper, write a note, stick it on, sticking on his 
underneath his window wiper and say, hey, here's my, here's my name, here's my number, get in, get in contact, and then kind of fate and nature intervene. <laughs> yeah. um, but I quite like the kind of the kind of picture that was painting. It was, like, it was a nice, nice story, nice picture. And the whole album is a mixture of, of, of that kind of storytelling and just basically just heartfelt stories about life and and living. And it's, and it's definitely a grower as well. And whilst it's probably not my favourite Chapman Copper album, it is a good example of how good her songwriting is how, and how good musically and lyrically she is. And so it's probably a reasonable introduction to people who are not au fait with her previous output. Mm. Well, it's that last comment I'd agree with most, actually. I recall as reviewing her last proper album. Yeah. And being okay with it, but, but not being blown away by it and for whatever reason that this album really appealed to me um may, mainly because it's that it's that storytelling maybe it's that retrospective feel mainly the fact that it's a country album and yet we've reviewed so many of those recently this one was sort of much more mellow and much more it is a very mellow album yes and i think that's that's possibly it as well i you know there are there are some really beautifully crafted and very personal songs on here um and uh, you know the closing track at least the closing track of the proper version um, ah yes <laughs> things that we are are made of is a sort of it's such a nice way to to close an album which has been very feels at times it's been very personal um and that songwriting style as you say with the note of the windscreen that sort of the sort of it could also be whimsical when it wanted to be so it didn't it wasn't too mellow it didn't take itself too seriously yes um at, all the time uh so yeah really if you're not if you're not a fan uh, real sort of access point to to her work, her oeuvre, uh, if you will. Indeed. Uh, so <clears throat> moving on, uh, moving on to the fourth album by Santana. No, sorry, moving on to the twenty uh, third <laughs> album by Santana. It's just called Santana. It's called four. four. It is called four. <laughs> yeah. and there is a reason it's called four, rather than just to be awkward. Uh, and that reason is because it's the first time this particular uh, lineup of the band have played together since 1971. I remember that, 1971. Wow. Um, when they recorded, unsurprisingly, an album that is uh, affectionately known as Santana 3. Oh, yeah. Which just called Santana, but as was their first album, so, you know. Yeah. Um, so that lineup for those that who are, are really geeky and really care about this kind of stuff was Carlos Santana. Uh, Neil Sean, uh, Greg Rolley, Dave Brown, Michael Shreve and Mike Carabello. Uh, Dave Brown unfortunately died in 2000, but he's, so he's the only person missing from the, uh, that particular lineup. Um, but uh, I can't remember why they decided to get together. Presumably, it was just one of those things that happens these days. People, ka-ching. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, this is I don't think it was a ka-ching, ka-ching yeah, thing. Ka-ching. Um, you know, you have to remember that uh, uh, Neil Sean is in Journey, so right. Yes, of course. Okay. And in fact, Sean and, and Greg Rolley left to form Journey. So, Thanks so for the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they, they did all right for they did all right for themselves when they left the band. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, Greg Rolley is currently to, uh, then left Journey. Uh, they left Journey before they became really, really massive. Mm-hmm. When um, what do you call it, Joe Perry? No, Joe Perry. Um, Steve Perry joined as a vo- as, as vocalist when they suddenly ran nice eighty. Um, and actually, Greg Rolley is now spending his time uh, mostly on the road with Mr. Rungren and others as part of Ringo's touring band. 
Ka-ching, ping! Yes, <laughs> indeed. However, all that aside, let's get the Sunset Sonnet for, and uh, were, you fe- were you feeling the uh, Latin, Latin rhythms and guitar noodlings? Uh, no. <laughs> Um, how long is this album again? Uh, 75 minutes. Well, actually, you know what? I'll hand it. I'll hand and I'll it. say it's not the winner. I'll ha- no, quite. In this podcast. I'll hand, it, I'll hand it then to the band that actually, um, 75 minutes long as that does seem, and this is my positive point, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't, actually, didn't actually feel that long. Uh, it felt long. But, but no, I was quite, quite surprised actually when, uh, when I sort of saw the runtime. I thought, really? Have I been sat here for 75 minutes? So in that respect, it, it rattles along quite nicely. The only thing is, from, and this is a personal view, it rattles along, you know. Um, I don't feel I've heard anything, anything here that, that you can't hear elsewhere. Um, there's a lot of noodling, some of it good. There's a lot of noodling, yes, yeah. I'll, I'll, give, I'll some, give you that. And some of it is just classic noodling. Um, and uh, there's nothing, nothing that sort of kind of really kind of shakes me really about this album. Uh, uh, and I, I really haven't got much more to say than that. <laughs> uh, well, I like it more than that. Um, okay. However, that's a fair comment. <laughs> I, do, I do. I do think I'll, I'll get my negative out of the way straight off as well. As well, is is. So I got my positive out of the way. Yeah. As I said, it is. It is seventy-five minutes long. Uh, uh, Santana three was forty-one minutes long. Mm. Uh, I think there's a very, very good forty-one minute album here. Yeah. As, okay. a, as as opposed to a good seventy-five minute. Album. I'll agree with you. Yeah. Um, there's enough here. It starts off. You know the first three tracks, uh, Yambu, shake, shake, shake it, and anywhere you want to go, it, you know it's it's genuinely classic Santana, yeah. a bit of instrumental stuff, Latin rhythms, mm-hmm. good noodling, mm-hmm. anywhere you want to go, which is uh, actually first single written by uh, actually Zully, song written by Greg Rolly. Um just been big on Radio Two and various other things. Lovely song, and. Frankly, if I don't see someone dancing to it on Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> in September, I'll be very, yeah. I'll be very surprised because yeah. it is, it is just like it you got your hips moving. It's, yeah. it's very, it's very yeah. much that kind of thing. Um, Maybe I just need some Latin rhythm in my life. <laughs> but then, but then let's follow. So I'm, I'm, I'm on a high at this point. I'm going yes, first suggestion. Yeah. Then we're going to Fillmore East, which is um, serious disappearing up one's own backside territory as. Everyone involved decides to go into kind of a stoner, Grateful Dead infused instrumental noodle. Mm-hmm. That's nothing against the Grateful Dead. I'm a fan of the Grateful Dead. Um, this is the track Fillmore East, and it's 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 kind of I don't. Know, it kind of feels wrong, bizarrely. It just doesn't. It's it just it just doesn't seem to fit the album for me. Um, okay. It's then followed up by again we get we get back on board. Two tracks featuring uh, Ronald Isley. In vocals, um, so you've got "Love Makes the World Go Round," which is you know again another kind of fun um, track, uh, and then "Freedom of Your Mind," uh, which is uh, complete with hints of uh, uh, the reflex by Duran Duran. Yes, on the uh, rhythm guitar bit, um, and I think that's the, isn't that also the track where we go a bit quagmire. Doesn't it have a bit? Doesn't, doesn't it have a bit where it goes giggity giggity? That was the track where it goes giggity giggity, yeah. wasn't it? 
Or, or it sounds like it's going to get a good deal. I mean, it's not fair. Seriously, people think I might be kidding. I'm, I'm seriously not kidding. I don't, I don't think it's going to get giddy, but uh, yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> that. I, I, that, made, that made me laugh. Where the hell else? Um, and then you've got some other. You've got some other nice. You nice don't want your album to be compared to Family Guy's Pervert, really, do you? <laughs> Perhaps not. <laughs> then you've got some really nice. Uh, you got. You got, you got I, I like some of the kind of. There's some humour in the album as well because you have a track called Choo Choo, which is slightly cheesy, but that segs brilliantly into a, a short <laughs> yes. instrumental piece called All Aboard, uh-huh. which I just I thought, oh, I like it. That's, like very, that. that's very good. Yeah, that's uh, that kind of references the Orman Brothers' Whipping Post a couple of times in, in, in it as well, musically. Um, there's a nice, uh, mostly acoustic guitar thing called uh, Swinos, uh, probably pronounced badly, um, which kind of starts off a bit Bond, actually. Before becoming Not a bit, the kind first time Bond actually comes up on this album. No, before becoming yeah. a bit kind of Paco de, Paco de Lucia, Aldemiola esque kind of yeah. acoustic thing. So but I, bizarrely, I think, I think Yambu also yeah. steals the classic Bond riff as well. Indeed, but then also there's a bit on Swinos where f- fans of um, TV show Moonlighting might also find themselves humming the uh, Algero theme tune to that because there's <laughs> awesome few similarities there. Uh, and then towards the end of the album, there's um, um, Come As You Are, which is not a cover version of the Nevada song. <laughs> um, however, did if slightly worryingly remind me of um, Best Years of Our Lives by um, Modern <laughs> Romance, which is an interesting one to pair with Santana, I'll grant you. But, um, but yeah, so I, I go back to my main point. I, I think it's a good record. Um, but it would have been a very possibly a very good record if they'd have cut it in half and just you, picked it and you, just you, picked the the prime cuts rather than you, prob- you probably liked it more than I did. I think that's <laughs> fair to say. I think that is probably fair. To yeah, say. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, moving on to a debut album, uh, debut album from a lady called Misty Miller, and this one's interesting for me because I saw Misty Miller. Play at the borderline, I think. Well, fairly certain it was 2011. Uh, it was end. Of, I'm not sure exactly when. End, towards the end of the year. And I took a, a old uh, friend, Mr. Bergman. All right. Um. Of course, back then she was just a young girl, and she's still a young girl now. But uh, she was armed only with a ukulele at that particular point, and kind of playing uh, folky pop tunes. And she was she was pretty good. Uh, not every song was a killer, I'll grant you, but you know, it's, there was certainly you got the feeling that there was an abundance of natural talent talent there. Um, five years on, she's still a young lady, as I mentioned, but uh, she now seems to have strapped on an electric guitar, and uh, I think the talent is now very, very noticeable. And I like this album a lot. I like this album a lot for several reasons. Primarily, it's because it's a collection of shamelessly joyful indie pop tunes. Three-minute pop tunes at that. Mm. We're not trying to be cleverer than we are. It's just straight in. It's kind of I kind of happy thinking of um, stuff that Blondie, Buzzcocks, and people like that did in the you know seventies, early early eighties, and to a lesser degree, people like Sleeper in the nineties. Um, and the whole album has an exuberance and infectiousness that means that I kind of overlook the occasional slightly lower points in the album 
But for me, you just have to listen to songs like Happy Girlfriend, Other Girls, Best Friend. Uh, all examples for me of how modern pop music should sound. There's anger and honesty in the lyrics, which fit the music perfectly. And I just found it a joy to listen to. Mm. That's it, that's my review. That's your review, you kept it short. Indeed. Like the album. Um, yes, like the album. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. Uh, a real joy to listen to. Um, it is an album which uh, touches all those artists you've mentioned and yet feels fresh. Yeah. And uh, there's a great vibrancy to every track on this album, even the ones that are perhaps a little bit slower, a little bit darker. Uh, I'll, I'll come to the darkness in a second. Um, but the, the, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a real energy to this record. It, it, it just flies by. And you'll want to listen to it again. Um, I'd like the next album. <clears throat> which, <coughs> which you won't. Um, but, uh, you know, the title track, the, the, the title of the album, The Whole Family is Worried, is that because, because uh, once you've listened to this, you'll be worried too. <laughs> she, Indeed. She, uh, yeah, certainly gets into the, uh, into the darker territory of... Um, There's of no what, ukuleles here, kids. ...what it means to be a, a modern girl in the 21st century. <laughs> Um, I got, I got, I got a. Speaking of which, I got a definite giant drag vibe as well. I know, I know, musically very different. Yes, but uh, that's sort of that sort of um, sort of very personal song, anger and sort of yeah, very similar to Annie Hardy's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, that's, approach I mean, to that sort of pr approach to songwriting and that sort of personal content that might be in there as well. Um, really good. Um, yeah, perfect. What a pop album or a rock album should sound like. Indeed. Moving on to uh, our uh, our winner already. Uh, there's going to be several awards from the end of the year that I <laughs> yeah. think this album might might win. Yeah. Uh, one, I'd be surprised if anything beats the its longer award. Uh, this album clocks in at 81 minutes and 15 seconds. That's uh, practically an hour and a half, kids. It is. So yeah. this is Drake and Views, and uh, this is the. Fourth album from Drake. Fourth, yes. uh, from, and uh, for those who don't know who Drake is, I'm sure most people know who Drake is, or at least are aware who Drake is. Um, uh, Canadian gent and uh, uh, rapper, R&B artist. Uh, currently number one on the Billboard charts. Uh, this is the third week in a row on with this album, and one of the tracks of this album apparently shattered the UK's record for the most track streams in a single week. Which had previously been set by Adele Solo, and just for the reference, that's the song One Dance of this particular album. Um, so, mm -hmm. how, was, how was 80, 81 minutes and 15 seconds in the company of Drake, Pete? Long. <laughs> um, at the danger of sounding like what we are, which is two middle aged men reviewing. White men. Two middle aged white men reviewing an album by Drake. So let's make let's 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 put that up front. Um, yeah, it's it, anyone would think that um, fame, fortune, wine, women, and song is is a real drag. Having listened to this to this album, uh, whiny, whiny, yeah, it, it really does. And um, you know, there is there's a very little joy uh, to be had from from the uh, lyrical content. I have to say. Um, there are times uh, when, and I will concede, there are times actually when you listen to uh, the musical content 
that um, it goes back to that idea that, that suddenly came off the, the Kanye album a few years back. <coughs> you know, there's some there's some interesting stuff happening in the uh, pop and dub world in in modern rap, um, but not as interesting as some of the albums, uh, certainly some of the rap albums that we've reviewed over the last couple of years. So uh, I just put that up there as uh, because I was looking for something positive to say. Uh, because everything else I have to say isn't that great, and I've said most of it. Um, there is, yeah, I, I really kind of, I really struggle. I really struggle at times. It, it's, it's, it's too long, and it's just too moany, and I, everything is just dark, and uh, it's all about, it's all about problems. Ninety nine, all ninety nine of them. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, they're done. This is, I found this album interesting in many ways. Um, in three songs in this album, Drake asks, you with me? And I have to co confess, as I started my third listen to this album. <laughs> uh, made, the, the, made it three. Oh, yeah. As I, my, as I started my third listen to this album this morning, you know, I, I, I'm showing dedication, big kids. Um, I thought, you know what, Drake? No. <laughs> I thought you were going to shock me then. No. No, no seriously. Sure. In fact, no man I should shock you. But I, I basically felt like Bill Hicks talking about MCM. Oh, you know? that far? Yeah. Oh gosh. You know, Drake wow. boat has left the island. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, nope, not coming aboard. Yeah. No thanks. I'd rather stay here. But eat my see, own flesh. I can see, actually see where uh, you and, and Bill may be coming from. Yeah. I just and and I, I don't say I, I genuinely not. Say, I mean, as regular listeners to the show will know, we don't. We're usually quite nice about things. Yeah. We usually find the positives. Yeah. I found it really hard to find positives in this album. I really did. I just felt it was tedious, dull, uninspiring. And I think it, and I genuinely think it's probably the worst thing that I've, that for me personally, I've reviewed since we've been doing this podcast. Good God, really? Uh, yeah, I know. Wow. It starts off dull. I'm glad we started this review with that caveat. Yeah, it starts off. It starts off dull and, meh, but then just gets to mind-numbing levels of of dross. I didn't realise we were in gold cobra territory. No, we are for me. Unoriginal. Wow. The thing that long-time listener joke. Yeah, but the thing that annoys me annoys me is is you know, Drake is is held up as someone who's meant to be a kind of rule breaker, risk taker. Uh, musical innovator, all those kind of things. Okay. Don't get it. I'm not getting it on this record. No. If, 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 this, no. if, if that's true. Yeah. And I might, and I sit there, I'll put my hand up. You know, maybe I am just someone that's just, you know, maybe I have a blind spot for this particular kind of rap R and this particular genre of rap R and B mm -hmm. as well, yeah. rap or an R and B. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. But, but. Wasn't getting it at all. The only thing I was getting, as you said, is that, that he can't get a girlfriend. He's feeling really sad about that, and he's worried that his ex might be going out because she used to stay home and be a good girl. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, another ex who left him because she didn't understand him, and obviously she just needs to kind of have a uh, you know, revelation and kind of like you know get over that and just you know understand him. And there's a know? lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of women after his money as well. Yeah, guys, total bell end, frankly. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just. You know, people go, oh, but you must like the Rihanna song. He does the Rihanna song because all the all the other three songs of Rihanna have been really great. They may well have been. I, I, I'm, if I have heard them, I've clearly blocked them out. 
this one ain't. Um, and it's oh, it's and it's it's eighty two fucking minutes long. Sorry, I'm swearing now. I didn't, I didn't want to swear, but it, it's seriously, people. I got to the third listen. I got through two whole listens of this album and into the third listen. And then when he got with me three songs in the third time round, I kind of thought, no, sorry, I just, I just this. This isn't going to be one of those ones when I kind of go, oh, then listen, yeah, it just suddenly came into itself. No, not happening. Misogynistic, whiny rapping, predictable, music, predictable musical arrangements, just a lack of pizzazz, it's just flat and... Oh, there's, I'll tell you, like, oh, there's one moment I really enjoyed. Oh, um... Track 17. <sighs> there is one minute of... There is one minute and 46 seconds of total genius. Mm -hmm. Summers Over Interlude, which sounds like an old 70s Isley Brothers track. Oh, yes. Relay yes. back. Gorgeous, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. The only track you should download from this album. Yeah, that was good. That was a good track. <laughs> Let me repeat that. That's 1 minute 46 out yeah. of a 81 minute and 15 minute album. Mm. Apart from that, it was fine. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> Moving on. I think we should. To uh, Ireland. We like a bit of Ireland. Don't you know? No, not really. Um, and we have a uh, album from a guy called... Uh, third album from a guy called Foy Vance. Who, when I suggested... Uh, we were actually meant to be doing uh, Gregory Porter, but his album didn't come on Spotify, so we pretty, well, pretty much chose this guy's album simply because it was there in the, the list of things that came out rather than because I knew anything about him. Although, as I said to Pete earlier on, I've since realised that I think I may have actually seen him live as a support act for somebody <laughs> in one of those getting to the gig late, kind of missing most of the support acts thing. Um, which is not good, clearly, because you should go and see the support act. Um, however, um, as I said, third album... And the guy is actually signed to uh, Ed Sheeran's record label. Yes, people. Ed Sheeran has a record label. He has a record label already. And Gingerbread Man Records. Oh, I like it. I like the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, the album's also been exec produced by uh, Elton John. I've also heard of him. I have also heard of him too. And both of these things, I could could almost put people off wanting to listen to this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Actually, when you put it like that? To, the, to this record. <laughs> However, what yeah. I will say then uh -huh. is you should go no further than looking at the fact that the opening track of this album is called Noam Chomsky is a Soft Revolution. And if that doesn't make you want to go, well, okay, maybe we should give it a go, then nothing will. And you should give it a go because this is actually a really good record. Mm. It's a really genuine, well, genuinely kind of lovely warm singer-songwriter records. Yeah. And don't wrong, it, it is one of those, uh, funny enough, back to the Drake thing, it is one of those classic kind of middle-aged white guy records in the fact that it harks back to lots of people from mainly the 70s. So at times he sounds like Van Morrison, which you'd expect from, perhaps from an Irish artist. There's bits of Mark Cohen, there's bits of Long George from Little Feet, there's a bit of Jim Crochet, there's a tinsy bit of Springsteen. Despite that, he still shines through, and there's some just lovely, lovely songwriting. Um, 
we got song I know Dom Chomsky is a soft revolution great start song two two and a half minutes of uh, absolute joy of name dropping people for this. so it starts off Carl Perkins for the rock and roll and Dr John for the Giacomo mm. Little Richard for a Saturday night James Brown if you're feeling out of sight that kind of thing it's, it's just a fun yeah. playful song followed by uh, upbeat feeling good similar playful fun so- song and you get on some more slightly more uh, personal songs. There's a song about Banger Town, which is presumably where he's from, um, which paints a glorious picture of Banger, which apparently is not quite the one that most people in Banger would recognise. Uh, uh, she Burns, lovely track about falling in love. Uh, I think there's a couple of the tracks that take a similar kind of thing, I should expect from a singer songwriter. Um, Ziggy and Ziggy Look Me in the Eye, which is. Uh, an ode to music, as you'd expect, so it kind of hints at From Bowie. Hints, well. uh, hints at Bowie, hints yeah. of um, Children of the Revolution by T Rex. Mm, very much so. <laughs> yeah. But it's also primarily about, about the fact that uh, the big revolution that happened in music at the kind of start of the 70s, yeah. kind of a bit like the David Hepworth book about 71 and about all the kind of things. Which I'm currently reading. About the things that have happened yeah. and different kind of musical styles, and, and also kind of saying that. That doesn't seem to be happening anymore. There doesn't seem yeah. we seem to be in a kind of lull. Which uh, of David Hepworth would probably agree with. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those albums you listen to and kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure going on tour with Elton John, uh, Josh Groban, and Sarah McLaughlin, which is lined up to do over the next uh, twelve months, will win him a wider audience. Um, but that aside, I think he deserves a wider audience. I think it's yeah. this. Is a, I think it's a really and I'm. I'm trying to avoid saying solid because actually no, that's a no. thing that deserves. It's, it's a better, it's a better, better than solid album. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. really good album. And if you like, you know, if you like people like Paul Carrick, if you like Mark Cohen, if you like those kind of uh, singer songwriters, the mixture of guitar and piano, then this guy's definitely worth checking out. Definitely, um, he, he um, I can see where the the the, the Elton John link is because it is, it has that sort of more singer songwriter. Oh, say something deaf then I'll stop um, it has that that early Elton feel to it as well so it's very much rooted in that kind of early 70s period does Ziggy look me in the eye count as the first David Barry tribute maybe <laughs> emerging perhaps uh, funny enough I listened when, when I abandoned uh, Drake at track yeah. 3 uh, the warning I did go to Dark Star oh, there you go yeah, yeah. Black, Star. Black, Star. Black, Star. Black Star Dark Star Dark Star that's a beer. I'm thinking of beer already. I'm thinking of beer already. Let's, 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 let's just pause that. Um, yeah, it's, it is a very, very warm record. Um, at times, as you say, personal record. It's a very uh, easy record to get into as well. Um, yeah. You know. Again, it's another one that's like 35 minutes, 40 minutes yeah. long. It kind of rattles through quite... And, and you, just, you just feel that this... Um, you just feel that a record like this should should have great success and who knows maybe once he's done the round of supporting others um it will do uh, i say i can see this one being um you know one of the stars of the festival circuit yeah quite possibly yeah you know, and then perhaps the other side of summer um for events being much much widely well known and much better regarded um so i mean this is it's just a, this, this record is not solid it's a joy well said so, 
So both agree that the Drake album is the album of the podcast, then, yeah? That is the album of the podcast, definitely. All 82 minutes, I think. Yeah, you should all go, you should all go and down like that, because why should we be the only ones to suffer? <laughs> but if, but if, if that doesn't take a fancy, having listened to... Or you could download... Basically, you could download... Actually, you could download PJ Harvey, Misty Miller, I think, and Foy Vance, yeah. and it would still be shorter than the Drake album. Yeah, and I, I'd recommend all three. Uh, uh, I would also recommend the Petrain Copper album. No, no, I'm, I'm not, not going to... You know what? I'm not, we didn't do it last time either, although obviously it was the Petrol Boys. I'm not going to pick a winner this time. <laughs> <laughs> go, and, go and download Super People. It's a really good album. Um, no, yes, not, basically all we're saying is, seriously, just download that 1 minute 46 second song from the Drake album. And when, and when you've done that, why not check out... Some uh, other stuff. Some of the stuff that we've mentioned. The other stuff. And until uh, next time. Until next time. Hello, Spence. You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast.